Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Let's Go Live with Jack Kelly, Christine in the background, and Valerie Videla, our special guest. And this, hey, this, this is awesome. This has to be, this is gonna be one of the, like the best LinkedIn live podcasts because it's so important and it's just so crazy. And let me just set the stage real quick. And you probably have seen this already. This young lady, Brittany Peach. Is that how you pronounce her name? Yes, Christine? It is. Peach? Yeah. And basically, she gets on a call, on a video call, and smartly videos it. And basically, she's getting let go by two people. She has no idea who they are. One of the, there's a woman and a gentleman. The guy didn't even introduce himself, who he is, just got on the call. And basically, they're about to let her go and having no data, knowing nothing about her. And, and she is trying her hardest to say, wait a minute, what's going on here? Can I kind of just interject? I just started and I only had about three months starting. Where was it? It was like August, in August, right? Which is the heart we all know, like as a recruiter and as an HR person in town, you know, like nothing's going on in August. It's dead. It's so hard to make any traction. And then, so it's August, September, okay, October. And before you know it, you're in the holidays. So she was like, didn't have a chance. And and it was like one of the most cringy, awkward, uncomfortable things I've ever seen. And I really am so glad you're here, Valerie. So you could make, you know, I was hoping because you worked at like these amazing companies uh, from Lehman Brothers and Vesco, Shutterstock, you know, you name uh, Oppenheimer and what, what's the right thing to do? Cause it seems the world is going crazy. Like what's the right thing to do? Do you just sabotage people nowadays and do a video and, and let them go or like, well, there gotta I be a better way. Videos are, are pretty normal now in terms of, of layoffs, just because so many people aren't in, in an office setting. Um, but it should have been her manager. No question that that was a giant misstep in terms of how they they manage that. Um, it sounded like she didn't know either of those people and those people clearly didn't know her. So that was absolutely probably the, the biggest, although there were a lot of things that they did wrong there, that was probably to me the, the most heinous piece of it. Now, why do you think they did that? Why would you put in somebody who has no idea who the person is that you're firing and are gonna fire them and not having any data on it either? Like they didn't know anything about her. You do that when you don't really care about the employee, when it's just a number. You know, I mean, that's that's what that is. Um, they are used to doing that. Like she said, she knew a bunch of her coworkers who also got the 15-minute interview on their calendar. And so if they do these, and, and later we did learn that um, it was a calling generally of um, entry-level or of, of salespeople. I shouldn't just say entry-level, but um, of salespeople that they do, it sounds like on a quarterly basis. So um, this is just how they manage it. They don't think of these people as human or even really employees, right? Like they're thinking, you know, culling, like if you mm -hmm. think about what culling means, it's like, think of a herd of cows, like yeah. that's kind of the way they're thinking about it. So for them, most people are probably just like, okay, I guess I didn't do well. Thanks for the two weeks or whatever, you know? And, and they don't say anything. So they think it's okay to behave that way. And it's not. How did it get to this place? You know, I don't want to be that guy to be, in my day, it was different, but it, I remember, you know, I've been recruiting for 25 years 
And there's definitely much more empathy. You know, yeah. I would speak to an HR person like yourself, a talent acquisition person, however you want to call, you know, the title of the day. And they would be engaged. They right. would give advice and guidance to a job seeker, a candidate, or to the recruiter to help out throughout the whole process. Right. Fast forward to now, and it just seems so cold and clinical. Like, how did how did this happen? Well, I have a, I have a big theory about okay. that. Okay, <laughs> all right. Started with Jack Welch, CEO of GE in the yeah. 80s, and he ruined everything. He vaulted us into late stage capitalism because he didn't care about employees anymore. He had this whole ranking, you know, the ranking that everybody hates so much, bottom 10%. Everybody has to be in the 70%. And then you got 10% people on the top. He created that. And all he cared about was shareholder value. And as soon as shareholder value is the only thing you care about, you no longer care about your employees. And that, I think that's when it started. And it just started chipping away and chipping away and chipping away to this point where we have companies that only care about their quarterly report, their quarterly financial reports and what the shareholders do and how the stock goes. And who does that impact? That impacts senior level leaders who have a lot of stock. So that's, those are the people that matter and everybody else doesn't tend to matter. Not at every company, but that's where the, the problem kind of started in, in terms of how I look at it. You know, it makes sense. But then also, where for the average worker, then, where aren't they going to be disengaged and nonproductive because they're not dumb? They're going to realize, right. just as you said, they're just maximizing as much money for the C suite to get, you know, these boatloads of stock and options. So then, like, why are you going to work hard? That's yeah. right. And that's why we've got the great resignation, act your exactly. wage, bare minimum Monday. And like, it's easy to mock these twit, you know, TikTokers who do this, but they're not wrong, right? <laughs> exactly. They're not wrong. Yeah. And and I I I was quite frustrated that a lot of uh, media outlets were um kind of turning it towards this whole situation with mm -hmm. Britney into Gen Z and they're lazy and look what they do. And she wasn't a good performer. And now she's made this whole thing. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, why somebody tell me why J Gen Z should behave differently when they are treated so badly and, and there is no loyalty. And, and so why, why do we expect them to be loyal if companies aren't giving that back to them? It doesn't make sense to me. For Gen Zs, and, and I got to admit, I'm partial because I have two Gen Z kids. I love my Gen so, Zs. <laughs> so I'm very partial, and I and I I'm, I'm, I get their vibe because yeah. they look at yeah. someone like myself who would schlep into Manhattan, you know, taking three hours back yeah. and forth and being tired and cranky when I get home because I'm working so many hours, and then they see like their parents, friends get fired and laid off. So of course they're jaded. Of course they're like, hey, this oh, is exactly. I, you know what, you know I can go on about this, Jack. I think they're going to save the world. They kind of have to because what yeah. we're handing them is a steaming pile, you know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think I think that um, they are they are being handed such such a difficult uh, like you know the offering, you know, politics, climate, job market. There's so much that's just so broken. And I think that um, it's going to be up to them. And so when people say, you know, they're just being, they don't care and they're, they, they, you know, they're, they're not committed, they're not dedicated. This is the response that they're giving. They're going to take care of themselves because we did not, not you and I, we've been great parents, of course, but like the world did not take <laughs> care of them. And so they're going to take care of themselves and let's watch them do it. I, I totally cheer them on. I agree with you because I think, you know, what is it like? 
you know, that there's an expression, I'm not going to even bark because I'm going to mess it up. But, you know, it, 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 you know, hard times make tough people, you know what I mean? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So I think for them, they're going through tough times. So it's going to make them hard and make them have to figure out what to do to rescue themselves for all the mess that we made. And I don't know, I uh, I think you're Gen X as well, right? I imagine. Yes. So I, I, I think there's a very similar attitude between the Gen Xs and the Gen Zs. It's like, you know, libertarianist mindset that's like, hey, you know what, we'll just do what we got to do head down like it's just it's just i think it's very different than yeah, other well, i was gonna say the big difference is that we had um we were still behaving we mm -hmm. still knew we had to kind of do what we were told yeah. you know that like the peter gabriel song like you know yeah mm -hmm. we're just like we kind of put our heads down and we did what we had to do whereas gen z is and i don't even think that they're lazy or any of those things i think they're figuring out and this is another thing I love about them. Um, they're figuring out how to do things more efficiently. Like, mm -hmm. you know, wh why do you have to do all this stuff, right? It's not necessary to get the job done. And I want a three-day work week as a result or whatever it is, you know? And I just, I love that they are figuring that out, which we didn't do. We just kind of took it, right? Didn't we just take it? Like we were right Absol behind. I, I, you know, you didn't even question it, Valerie, yeah. right? Because you would just feel, okay, I had to go and commute. You know, I was, you know, my wife and I, we lived in Manhattan Right. And then we had one kid, two kids. And we're like, oh, you know what? We should go to the suburbs. And then the suburbs, I don't realize the commute is horrible, but you just like, that's what you got to do. Now, for like Gen Z's, they're like, why do you have, that's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, very least work hybrid, go twice a, a, you know, a, a week to go. And why do you got to go back and forth and ruin your whole life and have no quality of life whatsoever? So it's they're onto something. Being treated like we just saw, right? Yeah. Like, why do that? You know, there, there's no, there's no uh, kind of obligation. There's no, no feeling of like, I need to be loyal to this person, to this company. Now, how can it change? How can it bring it back from where it is now, where there's ghosting? And at this point, people just like shrug their shoulders up. I was ghosted. It's, you know what I mean? It's not even they're mad anymore. They're just, of course I was ghosted. Yeah, of course exactly. I didn't get any feedback. Of course, you know, they don't tell me what's going on. Is it possible to salvage it and turn it around or is just things going to be really messed up for a long time? Well, I think that um, there are still companies that are doing it right. That like, I mean, it's really about just managing your employees with empathy, right? Like just remembering, like I always, I always like in my head, I keep thinking I want to start a podcast and I want to call it the H stands for human because mm -hmm. human resources, like when people say the people, whatever, I like human resources better. Cause it's like human, like, like, why are we not bringing humanity back into corporate America? You know? And I think that companies who figure that piece out, who legitimately care and maybe make decisions sometimes that are better for their employees and that might mean they have a bad quarter or two. Like if people are brave, if companies are brave enough to do that, I feel like we can turn it around. And in terms of like the ghosting and all of those things, um, you know, I always, I'm careful about this because sometimes when I'm really busy, I, I worry that I've dropped the ball and not mm -hmm. gotten back to a few people, but I'm really, really on top of, you know, calling people if I've spoken to them, emailing people if I haven't, all of those things, because I understand what it's like to be on the other side of that table and what it's like, how vulnerable you are. And it's like understanding the vulnerability of candidates or employees and, and respecting that. It's not that big of, it's not that hard, right? You sh it should be natural, but it's not. Right. And it's not, it just feels like it's okay to, to treat job seekers and candidates rudely, not get back to them, not offer feedback. 
Now, to be fair, I wonder, I'm curious, do you think it could be that couple of things? One, I remember back in the day, we really just used the phone. So there's no hiding from somebody. Now with all the technologies, you can kind of hide behind the technologies. And then also, I think what happens is that everybody's a little afraid that if let's say I, I say something and now maybe I'm saying, I'm going to be a racist or sexist or this, this, or that is, and you know, we're lawsuit happy in this country. So it's easy to say nothing because then you don't have to worry if you say right. nothing. Right. Do you yeah. think that's kind of, is that, are those some of the things that are going on maybe, or? I mean, I know that when, and you I mean, you and I have the same job recruiting, right? And so the worst part of our job is signing off candidates, telling them they didn't get a job, right? Yeah. So there is a little bit like some candidates are like, I want more information. I want to mm. know more. And sometimes it's just, even though there was totally innocent, there was yeah. just a candidate you have, it isn't, there's landmines, right? It's still not an excuse, is it? Like, you know, you can you can give them platitudes. You just owe them the respect of letting them know they didn't get the role. So I do think there's some risk, but I don't think it's good enough reason not to treat people better. Now, is, is it a management thing that like senior execs don't really know what's going on in their HR group and they're 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 unaware of how they're treating their people, you know, the people? You know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like HR is, should be such an important function within an organization. Um, the CEO should have a very strong relationship with it. Um, they should they should know what's going on. I, I think it's a cop out to say that it's all HR's fault. I feel like, um, but I do think that if you don't have strong leadership within HR, senior leadership, um, it's gonna impact the culture immensely. I mean, I think that they're, they're, they're close to the heart of what an organization is. And so I think you do need leaders who who care about all of the employees. So this is not a fair question to ask, but if if let's say you had the chance to say, hey, you're going to ABC Widget Company International and you could design, you know, an empathetic psychological safety type of environment, how can you rebuild the the HR function? that maybe could take care of a lot of these issues and make it better for everybody involved with the process. Well, it's, it's, it's fun. Like I have to, like my fantasy of a good yeah. HR function, right? Um, I think that HR, really good HR is evolving. Whereas it used to be kind of the bottleneck, the cops are the bottleneck. You need to get HR's approval before you do this. And that was kind of their source of power was mm. just like making sure that like you have to do everything through us, you know? And, mm -hmm. And that's changing in good HR organizations and there's their employee self-service and manager self-service, things like that. So that it's not all that you need their approval and everything. And what it should be more is like, we HR, HR um, professionals should be looking at, can, at, at employees almost like a CRM, like in sales, like mm -hmm. there are, there are customers or, or there are clients, like, you know, we need to make sure that we are serving them. And that's not there now. Like, we don't think we're serving them. We think it's like a pain, right? Or like, oh God, this one or that one. But if we, and that is kind of where really strong HR functions are evolving to a place where you are serving the employees and making sure you're taking care of them in multiple ways, right? And so I think that that would be my my big thing. My big takeaway would be, okay, I have to have a good relationship with the senior leadership team and the CEO. I have to have a good relationship with them. But they're not my client. That's my client. You know, managing up is lovely. Manage down. Like that's, that's how I would feel. 
Now, is that possible? Do you think is it salvageable? Or I think there are companies that do it already. Yeah. They do. I mean, there there are places that are still good to work, right? Um, uh, Chobani seems like a really great place. Um, I've heard HubSpot is really good. I mean, there are some very strong um, heads of HR that that understand what needs to happen. I mean, when I see companies that do not have strong cultures, the CEO and the head of HR, like that's that's where it's coming from, you know. So this leads to something for people who are curious to say, hey, how do I get if I'm looking for a job or I want to move? How can they find out, like, what are the companies that do have the things that you mentioned? Is there a way to find it out or? Uh, I, you know, uh, as some an in-house recruiter, I'll say that uh, Glassdoor is the bane of our existence, <laughs> but um, I give it a lot of credence. Um, and, and the reason I do is that I've, I've owned that Glassdoor relationship in a couple of companies, right? And um, so I know, like, you'll always get the hotheads or the people, right. you know, the, the ones that were like, oh, they were wild cards, right? Usually they're typing in all caps. That's your, that's your uh, hint that maybe you can yeah. just throw that one aside. But you can go onto Glassdoor and look for themes um, within organizations and see, like, just look at all the negative reviews and see if there's a theme, see if the same thing keeps coming up. And if it does, it's probably true. And I mean, I would say anything less than like 3.8, you start questioning anything less than like 3.5 in terms of a rating is probably not a strong culture. So I think that that's a really good way of knowing. But the other the other thing is like really kind of kicking the tires when you're interviewing, um, seeing how you feel when you interview, um, you know, seeing what the process is like. Did they respect me or did they have me meet with so many people and then kind of drag me along and then say, oh, we have to meet with other people. Did they make me do homework? All of those things, right? Think about that and think about, you know, I, I talk about this a lot to people that are interviewing you're interviewing them too. Just remember that. It's not just about if they like you, you got to like them too. And it's a giant misstep if you accept a job and you're like, eh, you know what? It didn't feel right to me. So I think that that's some of the ways that you can figure out, but you know, I've gotten wrong. You know, it happens. <laughs> what about, you know, I think you hit on something too, which I know drives people crazy, where you have this unending interview cycle where yeah. you just on and on and on what's like what's why is that is that people just afraid to make a decision or how like yeah, why does I, this go on the thing that this is what makes me bananas about it. And <laughs> i know for, for external search people it's the yeah. worst right Ugh. but um so this is what makes me crazy during the great resignation everybody like companies were like okay we got to make these offers we got to shorten the process we got to and you know that worked fine, yeah. but as soon as it, as soon as all of a sudden there was more talent, they're like, "Oh, we can treat them like crap again. Let's have them meet with <laughs> eight people." I'm like, "Did that matter before? Why, why do they have to meet with eight people now?" And it's kind, it's just kind of like the return to office thing, right? As soon as they didn't have to offer hybrid or remote, they were like, mm, "No." <laughs> And I, I hope people remember that because at some point yeah. the market's going to be crazy again. And then they're going to be like, okay, you can have your summer Friday or whatever it is. Right. And then remember that they only give it to you because they have to, you know, that's the only reason they will. So you're saying it's always that, that power dynamic where if yeah. the employers call the shots and they have the leverage, they're going to pull those levers and they're yeah. going to do what they want to do. And if, if the job seekers have that leverage, they're going to kind of 
try their best to get what they want to do. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you had the same experience. Like, listen, candidates were not fun to deal with during the Great Resignation. Every offer was a negotiation, even if you gave them what they asked for in the beginning yeah. of the process. Everybody was doing it. And so I, I can't say they didn't drive me crazy, but I can say that I am enough of a, a socialist that I was like, <laughs> more power to the people. <laughs> you know, I, did, I, I respect it. It's yeah. great. Well, because that's their opening. Like you don't often have it. It's more, yeah, usually right. more often than not, the employers have it. So like that once in a while when yeah. the window is open, that little bit of a crack, you want to take advantage of it, exactly. right? Like Because it doesn't I mean, happen too often. I was cursing them and cheering them on both at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, you know, it, it, what it doesn't make sense too, Valerie, is this. If you go, if somebody goes, let's say you're a mid-level white collar professional or, or an executive, and you have to go through five, six, seven, ten different you know, interviews over the course of six months, that's not helpful to the bottom line for companies because that means you're you're wasting all the time for those execs who are interviewing this person and they're not doing their job. So I, that yeah, even doesn't I, make sense either. No, and I, I loved Credit Suisse had a policy when I yeah. was there that like there was a certain time, maybe it was six months, I wish it yeah. was even shorter, where if you had not filled a job in that time, you got the headcount taken away. Yes. And I think they should do that to managers because it's like, you clearly don't need it. Like you could, you could have found somebody by now. Right. And, and I, I think that that should just be a policy in general. And it should be more like four months, you know, I mean, and there might be some that are very hard to fill mm -hmm. because there's only a few talent, you know, a little bit of talent and those would be exceptions. But generally speaking, if you can't fill it in four months, take it away. Now, do you think people like are just scared to make a decision? You're a manager yes. and you're afraid and you're not going to admit you're afraid because no one wants to say that, you know, out loud, but like they're afraid. So instead of saying, hey, I'm afraid to make a decision, they're like, mm, uh, let's look at another candidate. Mm, yeah. Let's put out the job, you know, listing again. And I, think, I think it's two things. I think it's a fear of risk, like not right. wanting to take a risk, but it's also like, I'm not on dating apps now, thank God. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, there's apparently so much choice. You know, I'm swiping right here as I say that, that you're always like, they're FOMO, right? There might be somebody better. There might be somebody better. And I think with all the technology available, and especially when markets are bad, it's like, I'm going to take my time because there's probably somebody mm. even better. And it's it's not it's not a productive way to think at all. Um, but I think that that's kind of what's what's happening there. Yeah, I see that a lot where, you know, yeah. they feel, I like Valerie, but let's see if there's something better. I like Jack, but let's see. And it just, it just creeps and it just goes on and on and does, yeah. does and nothing changes. It just keeps going and going and going. Um, and, and for the, for the job seekers, it's just torture. Torture. Right. It's like, Actually, torture. this is not something I should really admit, but as a recruiter, I have advised people that I'm training and recruiting. Mm -hmm. Like if you're talking to a hiring manager and they're telling you about the job and you're like, I literally know the perfect candidate. Do not submit that perfect candidate first. Give them a few like mediocre or like okay <laughs> candidates. But if you give them a perfect candidate first, they're going to be like, there must be 10 other on that grocery shelf. Just like them or better. I want to meet them all. You know, like, because it's just the way they think. It's okay. Like, not going to meet the best person first, right? It's just not going to happen. They uh, uh, all right. Now, 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 all right. We'll talk, talk, uh, uh, inside baseball. What happens? Yeah. yeah. It's called like <laughs> we, we would refer to it as cannon fodder. Where you you would send out resumes and they're meh, you know, meh, they're okay, you know, it was like you wouldn't say like embarrassing, like terrible, right? But they'd be okay. But you knew in your back pocket you had two or more who were like, 
dynamite. So yeah. after seeing the Met, you see yeah. the dynamite candidate. Yeah. And like, wow, this is great. And, yeah. And you know what? You and you could say that it's like design or something. It's not. It's yeah. a psychology thing because yeah. if people will definitely think, oh my God, like, you know, even at a store, you try on a pair of jeans and you're like, damn, I look fab. You're going to want to still see, well, maybe there's other ones I look even better in. Like, you know. Right, so if you see the best one first, yeah. then you have to get someone better and chances are you're not going to get, you saw the yeah. best one and that's it. There's yeah. not a better one. You're, you're, you're done. And then it's hard for them to believe. And they'll say, Jack, can you get me another slate of candidates? I'm like, yeah. oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I'll get a slate of $300,000 kind of candidates in this small little niche you know, yeah. like part, of course, yes. It's like pulling up, you know, something off the grocery, you know, yeah. aisle. Like, okay, exactly. here's some cereal. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's oh, so bizarre. It's, how do, how, why do we still love this job, Jack? <laughs> I don't anymore. I'm, 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 that's why That's why I've been writing a lot. That's why I've been, I'm, I'm figuring I'm getting too old. I, I'm, I'm being very straightforward. I figure, how much can I keep doing this before I drive myself crazy? So that's why I started writing for Forbes and I've been doing podcasts. So I figure- I I love your pivot. It's awesome. Because I figure, you know what? I could do that like like being super old. You know what I mean? Because with recruiting, for people who don't know, they think it's so easy. Oh, hey, you're recruiting. It just takes so much out of you. It's it's a yeah. sport. It's like to me, it's yeah. a sport. And you gotta be on your game all the time. And you gotta find that candidate before someone else does. And, and I think the being ups and downs so much harder. I really do. I mean, like you have your own headaches in-house, but I yeah. was searched too. And I, I respect you for having done it for as long as you did. But I'm actually kind of having um, a moment right now myself because I've always like anybody who knows me knows I've only been a recruiter in HR. It's the mm -hmm. only thing I'm interested in. I'm passionate about it. I love it. I feel like we build people, we build cultures. I will go to my grave saying it is one of the most important functions in a company if it's done right. I will say all those things. And I will also say that in October, me and like a lot of my team got laid off. And uh, the, the only other time this happened to me was Lehman Brothers when it failed in 2008. Mm -hmm. And uh, I realize that recruiters are considered kind of a like like contractors in a way right like it and i understand like okay we don't need you so much now so you're kind of not doing a lot right now but that does like i just feel like um i don't know like i you know i i think i'll stay in it just because it's what i love and what i do right. and those things but like I, I wish we could unionize or something. It's like, you can't just do like, then, then hire us as contractors and pay us ridiculous amounts of money. And like, you know, maybe we can get some sort of healthcare. I don't know, but like, it feels like recruiting when the market's great, they treat, they have our, we have our feet to the fire all the time. Right. right. And then when the market sucks, it's like, I don't, I don't want to deal with you. Get away. So I'm, I'm kind of, that's my struggle right now with recruiting. I love the job. I love it. I love leading teams, all of that stuff. But, um, you know, I, I'd like to be somewhere where um, they don't think of, of us as, you know, temps. It's, you know, and I, I belong to a lot of these Facebook recruiting groups and they just are crushed. They're like, what do I do now? It's a lot of them, the conversation isn't even, do I pivot to a different type of recruiting? But it's like, okay, what else, what other yeah. skills do I have that are transferable? Do I go to mortgage sales? Do I go to this? Because yeah. you're absolutely right. It's this, it's, it just goes around in circles. Okay. Things will go hot. So now they need you. It's cold. So boom. Yeah. You, you know, you get cut and then there's only so much you could go through those cycles between before you just, just done. Yeah. yeah I, I, on LinkedIn, my feed is filled with recruiters that are mm -hmm. just like, 
like I, it's kind of funny because you see all these like economic indicators and I'm glad we're not falling into recession at all. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, are, where are they getting those numbers? Because I mean, they're like recruiters are just really suffering right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, it, it just, it, I don't know what to say. It's funny because tomorrow I, I promised a friend of mine that I'd talk to her niece who wants to get into recruiting, which is just adorable that somebody like we, most of us stumbled into it by accident. Right. It's same. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she wants to get into it. And like, I'm like, God, it's hard for me to talk about it right now because I just, I'm going to have to tell her, be prepared, save some money. Like, you know, you might get laid off. So, you know, which is sad. See, for me, for the longest time, I loved it so much because I really, and this is going to sound corny, but, but I mean it. I really felt I was helping people and doing a great job because, you know, if you find somebody and, and they're unhappy where they are and you can get them a better place, more money, more opportunity... Oh. Oh my God. It's like, so, you feel so great. And then you get paid for it too. Then you're like, wow, this is fantastic. You know? I'm so it's you. an awesome feeling. But then what's happened is all the things we've talked about and just how things are just so corroded within, oh. you know, the HR talent acquisition and just in general with like the whole workplace. Yeah, everything's transactional. It just, and, right? Yeah, yeah, putting your heart into, yeah, and just like, um, because I, I tend to, when I'm interviewing candidates, I, I don't just look at it from our side, the company side, mm -hmm. like, I want to make sure that the candidate will come in and flourish, you know, we'll be happy. And, and I don't think that that happens very much anymore, where just in general, I think that, you know, recruiters are put their feet or put to the fire or else they're like limited by comp or they're situated, you know, like whatever it is. And it's just like, I just want to fill this job. And that's not going to build good cultures. And it's also more, you're just bringing more people in to have soul sucking jobs. Right. And that's, I, I don't know. I, I always, cause I'm with you. Like I, I love, like I indeed once gave me a t-shirt that I still wear to bed and says, I help people get jobs. That's mm -hmm. what we do. Like, how cool is that? You know, I mean, that's a great job. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it has changed. I agree. Yeah, like I would have, I, I would just blow my mind where maybe, you know, 20 years ago, place someone at 40,000 and then now they're 400,000. Well, I'm just making up numbers. It's like, wow. Like, obviously I can't take credit for everything, but I figure I could take some small measure of, you know, of feeling like, wow, I helped this person truly change their life, yeah, change the whole scope of everything. And it's amazing. And you don't think of that in recruiting. Most people would like roll their eyes if they, you know, you know they're hearing this conversation, but it's true. When you yeah. get, when you're able to get on that trajectory, right. And be able to keep going higher and making more money, have a better title, your life and your family's life is so much improved. It makes a huge difference. It's even, I would say it's almost even better when you're in house because you can see them kind of continue to flow mm. and develop and everything. And you're like, oh, I hired that person. I picked that person. You know, like I, I found that person, you know? And um, yeah, it is. Oh, that's making me warm and fuzzy, Jack. Well, you know what it is? It's so funny because I was speaking to Christine about this before is that what would happen is, you know, turn back the clock is that let's say you were a person I was dealing with from inside, you know, you're working for yeah. the company and we're working on a couple of hires. We would have back and forth every day, day in, day out for like months. Then we'd place maybe one or two people and then you didn't need me anymore. And it's weird. And are like, oh, this is so sad. Like, wait, yeah. what just happened here? You know, because you had this great rapport, this great relationship. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it's interesting because I don't know, um, are you, is your company still called Compliance Search? Yeah. 
So, and you used to be contingency. I don't know if you are anymore. Yeah, yeah, we do consider, yeah, that's yeah. the base, yeah, which is so, like the craziest, so my, hardest. Yeah, well, yeah, it's so hard. And <laughs> so my thing is, I prefer to be exclusive with the contingency yeah. firm. I don't like to throw something out to a bunch of contingency firms because I want to build the relationship and I want, I want you like you to have a shot instead of like you calling and they, somebody else already called them and it, it waters down the job and our reputation and it's not fair to the search firm. So I do try to build relationships with search firms and like, I want them to know us. Right. And I want them to like, think of us as a favorite client so that they'll really sell us to their candidates. But I don't think a lot of places do that. A lot of places are just like, eh, I'm not paying them unless they play. So let's just put it out there. It's so, it's so interesting. Yeah. So this is again, a little bit for everybody here, a little inside baseball. We're showing what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. So like if you're a contingency, that means you only get paid if you place that person and you could put in hours and hours yeah. and weeks and months. And if you don't come up with it, nothing, yeah. uh, eat what you kill, which is a horrible, like, know. you know, it, know. you know, way to describe it, but that's what it is. And then what happens and it's not good for the candidates either because you'll send it out to 10 different recruiting firms. The company's recruiting themselves. They post it on all the job boards. Yeah. And then the candidates feel like, oh, I have no chance. Like it's all over. What are my odds now of getting it? So I'm not going to even bother. Yeah. It's, I, I agree. I don't think that that's a good model. And I don't think you end up necessarily getting the best candidate that way either. You know, I, I, I do think, like, I think you and I just relationships. Yeah will always matter right and and you know relationships with search firms relationships with hiring yeah. managers relationships with candidates like they'll they'll always matter to me you know we started talking about this before we went live and i'm, I'm curious like it to me it seems and it's i think you feel you may feel the same way in the workplace and recruiting by hr but then put in any other it just feels different than it used to it just there's more toxicity, there's more anger, there's more yeah. worry, there's more stress. I mean, is it me or just feels that way? Oh, it, there, right? it is. Yeah. I mean, and I won't, I won't even touch on the political landscape, Jen, yeah. because that's a whole other hour. However, <laughs> um, I think that, that uh, social media um, and even like cancel culture, like, and mm. I say that while I cheered Brittany on, right. But like cancel culture is tough. Right. And, um, but at the same time, like what Brittany did, a lot of people maligned, right? But um, I there, I saw some some meme once about like people think racism is getting worse. It's not. It's just that we're filming it now, and mm -hmm. that it's that's kind of what I thought with with the Brittany thing, where it's like, how long has this been going on? How long have employers been treating employees like crap? Mm -hmm. Like. And that's why I cheered her on because I'm like, yeah, we need to know about this. People need to know about this when they're choosing employers. But anyway, I, I'm, it sounds like I'm digressing, but I'm really not. I'm just saying, yeah. I think that social media and just the fact that everything is digital and that you have to present yourself for that versus just us talking um, changes everything. And unfortunately, it brings out the mean in a lot of people. It does feel that way because like yeah. if you're online, you know, let's say, for, from a guy's perspective, right? If I'm in real life and I say something to another guy, I run the risk of getting punched in the nose and beat up, right? So like, I'm not going to be a jerk to that person, you know, for my own safety. Yeah. But online, no one thinks twice about I saying know, horrendous things because it's online. <laughs> it's so true. I like follow some women that do like weight training because I'm trying yeah. to do it right. And like, People and, and they'll say like, oh, I'm 50 and I'm doing this. And people will and say, you look like you're 65. And I'm like, well, would you have said that to her in real life? Like, 
like a, you were wait, why is that necessary wait wait why is why? it is like necessary to add that it's, so it's, mean. <laughs> see i wonder see this this is a theory and i think you you know you you were touching on it before the show is that like it, it we're like our society seems just so corrupted. It's so effed up, right? It's so messed up. There's so much anger, so much angst, so much animosity. And of course, then it gets into the jobs, you know, the job market, it gets into the workplace. And that's why I think everyone's just miserable. And when you're all miserable, it's hard to do a good job anywhere, whether recruiting HR, being a CTO, whatever it is, it's just like, it just anger. Everyone's like angry. Does that, am I crazy or is it just? No, no, it's totally true. It's, it's, it's definitely, again, and then we expect Gen Z to be yeah. so delightful in the office. Come on, this is what we're, fa this is what they're dealing right. with. This is their reality. And I, no, and I think that it does come back to like, if, you know, bring it right back to the Britney thing and cloud player, which is hard mm. to say, <laughs> um, but uh, like empathy, just empathy, just be decent human beings. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. You know, and I don't know why so many people struggle with it and so many organizations. Well, organizations, I know it's that shareholder yeah. value again. It's it's this number. It's not the people that are creating that number that matter. See, that's the thing, too, right? Because there's such a difference between when you look at what these CEOs and C-suites are making in terms right. of is particularly in terms of stock options and stock grants and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's unbelievable. It's just out of, it's like out of control. Like, yeah. Are you saying this CEO or this CFO is not going to take a job for only $10 million? Like you have to be 50 million, a hundred million. And then you lay off 10,000 people and that person's getting, you know, a hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. I'm not a socialist or anything. I'm a capitalist. But to me, that just, it's, it's nuts. It doesn't it's, make sense. It's nuts. I, I, I don't get it either. And then uh, how do you expect someone to be motivated to get up in the morning and be excited just to make that person another hundred million dollars? And Yeah. Right? And then the whole question of like, you screwed up in workforce planning, right? Either either your performance really faltered, which probably mm. wasn't that person's fault directly. And, or you like, you just hired like great resignation. Like we were like Lucy with the chocolates. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and, and, you know, like never did they stop and say, um, you know, that they- that, that uh, you know, maybe we don't need to backfill that, or maybe we really don't need five more engineers in that group, or maybe they never said it. They all like, I mean, like Google and Meta, and I heard this from recruiters that worked at Google mm -hmm. and Meta, they were, you know, they pay ridiculous amounts of money because they make ridiculous amounts of profit, right? And they were actually, at, when engineers were like the hottest thing in the world, they were paying, they were hiring people they knew they didn't need because they did not want the competition to hire them. Mm -hmm. They were actually doing that. So when you hear Google's laying off like five, thousand people or whatever it's because they hired people they didn't need like that's crazy like it, it's just unkind to do that it's almost like they paid people to sit on the bench like you know and not get a job where they could have flourished and not gotten laid off um i mean that's crazy but that it happened i i remember seeing those tiktok videos of recruiters at meta getting like one hundred ninety-five thousand dollars, and they were working for let's say six nine months didn't place anybody no pressure to place anybody just like you're saying they're just yeah kind of... make sure nobody else hired them yeah yeah i mean can you imagine a company making that much money to to do something that like ridiculously uh impractical it's crazy and, and yeah. you're right because then what happened now here's something that i'm seeing now that's to me and, and we're going to do a, a linkedin live later this week about it is 
2022, 23, you had these big 10,000 layoffs here, 10,000 where, wherever. Now I'm noticing, first of all, I started seeing it during the holidays, which I don't know, if, maybe like I'm forgetting, but I've never saw people getting laid off en masse during the holidays. I know. And when that happened, that really shook me. I was like, wait, what? This was like an unwritten thing. Don't of, do it, right? You, like right? before Thanksgiving, you just stop, you know, and, like that. Yeah. And there was a lot of major companies laying off. And I really was like, well, is it me? Am I just not remembering things correctly? Now what I'm seeing is that, and I've been writing about this too, is they're getting these small little layoffs, right? Yeah. But like Google Alphabet was saying, but we're going to keep doing it. And yeah. to me, that's like horrible because you never know when you're going to be the one to let go. So you got to go to work every day worried, yeah. am I going to be that next group of 100 or 50? And, and you know what? It's even more egregious than that because- I mean, there are multiple reasons why they do it that way, but one of them is they're trying to evade the Warren Act, which is a is a federal act that says if you lay off a certain percentage of people within, like in a in a certain like state or whatever, mm -hmm. within um like let's say sixty days or something, um you have to pay them sixty days notice plus severance. So it's a lot more expensive. Like when I was let go from Lehman, I the Warren Act saved me. Like I ended up getting two extra months because that was in place because there were it was a massive layoff. So um they're evading that by doing those little trickles. Wow, wait, wait, wait. So I, let, let me let, let me yeah. understand this and for everybody does it. So okay. Mm -hmm. So you had these big layoffs in 2022 and 2023 yeah. and now like smaller a little bit, but a lot. So what do they do? The, the Warren Act so, is I don't know the like specifics okay. of the Right. But it's essentially and I think every state kind of has its, mm -hmm. its own version of it. But it, it's an act, it's an act where if you let's say I think it might be 15 percent. If you lay off 15 percent mm -hmm. of the workforce in your New York office, you have to give them 60 days notice, which either means they work those 60 days and you pay them and you've notified them or you just pay mm -hmm. them. Usually that you just pay them and say go and plus severance. So it ends up being a lot more expensive. So they'll go to the point where it's just below that number so that they don't have to pay that. Yeah. See, this is the problem. So they're going to game it out yeah. just to get away with it, you know? Yeah. And meanwhile, yeah. you and I, if we're working every day, we got to worry is my number going to be up? Right. Right. It's like water torture. Like, but they, but they don't even understand how that's going to hurt productivity. So much. how can you be productive? It's no, impossible. Like, how, you know, yeah. and, and you can work harder and longer because you're scared and you want to yeah. keep your job, but that's not a way to live. I know. Yeah. No. So I don't know. It, it, like, again, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. This it's always about that shareholder value. It shouldn't, it shouldn't. I mean, like, I think that if we start caring about humans again, um, things could look different. I agree. Cause I, you know, to me, and, and I don't know, I'm not the CEO, maybe I'm not too bright, but it just seems that if you take care of your workers and you, you, you know, you're empathetic towards them and you give them the things that they want and they need, listen to their feedback, they're going to be engaged. Right. And if you treat yes. them fairly too financially and, and, and the ones on top not be pigs about it, right? if you're going to be engaged, you're going to work harder, better, smarter, and your company is going to do better. And then it's going to be easier to retain people, easier to recruit people. So like, to me, it seems so common sense. On a micro but, level, um, Trader Joe's, like mm -hmm. everybody there seems happy. They're always yes. really, they're always really helpful. They pay very well yeah. and they all 
hold they, they offer health care yeah. like you know what like you're respecting your employees right there you know and then, then you're gonna get the best and you're gonna get people that are engaged and it, it doesn't take much you know all right so i guess the bottom line is we got to hope that our kids gen z's are gonna like see all these things and say hey we're gonna have to make it better we're gonna have to change it uh, and somehow we have to help. Like, I think this is helping by having these conversations because I bet you, Valerie, a lot of people who are watching it now or watching it, you know, whenever they see it online, it's like, oh man, I thought it's just me going through that. I thought, you know, there's a black cloud over my head. I did something wrong or yep. what have you. And hopefully they realize, oh man, this is, this is like the situation. This is why I'm having a hard time finding a job. This is why I'm hard, having a hard time keeping a job. Because from what we're talking about, we're giving, you know, collectively, like what, a hundred years of experience, you know, in this space, you know, yeah. so that they can realize, hey, it's not just you. These are things. Now, it may not make it better right away, but at least they feel a little better. Like, oh, okay, it's not me. It's not, and it's not, I did something it's not wrong. personal. But here's yeah. the thing is that like, as somebody who has been laid off, um, it is personal. That's mm -hmm. the thing. Like, yeah. you know, I, you can say it's nothing personal. It was numbers. We didn't need that. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you can say those things. And the truth is yeah. that if it happens to you, it's personal. And again, that's why you have to have the empathy and you have to understand that that's what they're going to feel. Like I, I once a long time ago, I had a LinkedIn post about this, but when I was let go from Lehman, like, I mean, they were getting rid of everybody. Like, in fact, my boss was like crying when she gave me the package and she'd already been laid off. Like, it was just like, you know, it was done. And, um, I, so I got it and I'm like, okay, I knew it was coming and all that. And, and, uh, the next day, I think it was, I was on, um, the subway, I had a doctor's appointment or something and I burst into tears on the subway. I just burst into tears mm -hmm. and I had to get off. Cause I didn't want to be the person crying on the subway. Right. So I had to get off. I was on a park bench, like that lower Manhattan. And I'm sobbing, like, like <gasps> ugly crying, mm -hmm. like hiccups and everything because it is personal. Yeah. It, it's awful. Whoever gets laid off, somebody's still there. And you're like, they chose that person over me. And it, anybody that says, so I get it. I'm just telling everybody's ever gotten laid off. It sucks. And it's, it is nothing personal, but it's personal to you. And I get it. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's going to turn. Hopefully, you know, it'll turn around. And you mentioned about, you know, doing an HR podcast. I think you'd be great at it. If you want any help or advice, I'd be glad to help you out. Thank you. You'd be I think my first guest, Jack. Yeah, hell yeah, sure. I'd love to. It's, uh, I got to tell you, it's kind of easier than it looks. So yeah, it's not that complicated. <laughs> so you, get it, you can get it set up pretty quickly. Uh, but I think that's good because it's like so important. It'd be great. And, and, and that'd be interesting to have HR people on and get their you know ideas of what's happening, what yeah. they're doing, what they're not doing. So a dish. The, you know, yeah. although most HR people aren't very good at dish. They're always so no. close mouth. I'm with people that are ready to retire <laughs> so I can hear them. <laughs> right, right. They get the real soon. So all right. I know you have to go. So I don't want to keep you. Thank good you. Luck. It's been so much fun. Yes, I appreciate yeah. it. And seriously, if you really want to do that, let me know. I'll be glad to help out with it. And I, I would love to be the first guest. It'd be awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Jack. Thank Take you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.